Hello, everybody. My name's Tim Perko, and you're listening to I Believe. Now what? What is going on, everybody? Hope y'all are having a wonderful one out there. Hey, if you're brand new, uh, I Believe Now What is a podcast that is directed towards just the building up of the church. We go over Bible studies, Bible topics, uh, Christian topics. We'll talk about them. We'll break it down in depth detail. And we are huge on the scriptures here. Everything that we do, we base off the scriptures. When I say we, I say me because there's just nobody else here unless I have a guest. But if you're looking to be a guest on the show and you got something you want to talk about, by all means, go ahead, drop it in our Facebook, drop it in our Twitter. Just look up for I Believe Now What and you will find us. So in today's episode, if, if you haven't noticed lately, we've been kind of following suit with some short daily devotionals and we're going to kind of stick to that right now. We're going to keep going with the longer, more in-depth episodes. Uh, I just, you know, I feel like these shorter episodes, maybe for the person who is newer to the faith, they can't sit there through a 40-minute doctrinal topic talk through. But hey, no matter what, these short devotionals are edifying, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, whether you are a brand new believer, whether you are a seasoned believer, or whether you're a believer who is seasoned and well-versed in the Bible. I think these devotionals are a great thing, and it definitely can lift up. It's just in a shorter format. I know I listen to them every day. Um, I go over to the Grace to You app. Uh, That's a ministry by John MacArthur pastor out there in Sun Valley, California, and he has a wonderful app, Grace to You, and uh, they have a bunch of different daily devotionals, sermons, all that kind of stuff, totally free. Uh, You can even download the Study Bible app, which I believe there is a cost to that. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Uh, But that also has a whole bunch of different resources anyways. Not sponsored, not plug-in. I seriously doubt another church would sponsor me anyways, but... (laughs) Um, Just letting y'all know there's some good resources out there if you ever want them. All right, so today we're going to be diving into Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, and I'm calling this the speck and the log. All right, now I've talked about this topic before on this channel about judging. Should we judge? Should we not judge? I think I've done it in context of Romans. This time we're going to go ahead and do it in context of Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and read our passage. And actually, before we do, let's go ahead and dive into a word of prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I pray that you just lift up this episode, Lord, and everything that comes out of my mouth is something that glorifies and honors you. And I pray anybody listening, Lord, if uh, you know they're going to get anything out of this, I pray that you just work through them, through the words, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. If you got your Bible, follow along. If not, by all means, just remember it for later and look it up. Hey, side note, make sure whenever, not just me, but anybody else, when anybody's reading you scripture or telling you scripture, make sure you have your Bible available. Make sure you got an app on your phone, something to double check what they're saying. Because sometimes either, one, they may make a mistake, and quoting wrong parts or two, they might not have your best interest in mind and they are twisting the scriptures around. Just saying, it's out there, it happens. All right, let's move on. Matthew chapter seven, verses one through five. Reads like this. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck 
that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take that speck out of your eye? And behold, there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. All right, and that's the end of the verses right there. Let's do a little background on this, okay? This message comes from the Sermon on the Mount. The primary audience that Jesus was speaking to was a Jewish audience. But just as many of Jesus' other messages, this truth still holds application for both Jew and Gentile today. What's the application? Well, we're about to dive into that. Here's the message. This passage, honestly, is one of the most taken out of context Bible verses ever. Uh, What do I mean by context? I mean, you need to read around it. More often than not, when people use this in the wrong way, when they do use it in the wrong way, they're probably being corrected about something. Uh, Someone's probably speaking into their life, telling them, hey, look, you know, this is messed up. And they'll go, why do you look at the speck in my eye, but don't notice the log in your own? Or, oh, don't judge so that you won't be judged, you know, or something like that. Uh, People take take offense to it. I mean, that's what Jesus's message did a lot. It offended a lot of people, uh, just as it did in that time, and it still does today. But how is this taken out of context? Well, many people, like I said, use this to say that we should never correct sins and mistakes we see in other believers. But once the entire passage is read, just like I did now, in context... And alongside other passages in the Bible, we can see that it doesn't say, don't ever correct anybody. And you could check that out in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, not too far down there. Christians are not the final judge, but we are called to exercise discernment. If you, you can go back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, right after, which is often looked at judgment. So if you didn't catch that, We are called to exercise discernment. We are called to correct our brothers and sisters. But they often view that when we are doing that correcting as judgment. In verse 2, Jesus tells us that we will be held to the same standard that we apply to others. Right here, I'll read it back to you. Um, For in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured unto you. So once again, verse 2, it tells us that we will be held to the same standard that we apply to others. So if uh, maybe I got an issue with drinking, but I'm just, I keep, I'm good at keeping it under wraps, you know, it's at the house, I drink a bunch, I do things I regret, but I only do it inside the house and say there's somebody else who has a drinking problem. It's just, they got caught with something, or maybe it's a little bit more public. That would be like me going up to them saying, Hey, you have a problem with drinking. You know, you really need to stop and calm this down. This isn't what the Bible wants when I got the same problem the entire time. If that's the case, then I really need to take the log out of my own eye. That or I'm just trying to please some self-satisfaction or my own pride, trying to boost whatever fleshly desire I have in that area. Once we go to verses 3 through 5, Jesus makes it clear that we should not be pointing out the sin of others when we are clearly living in that same sin ourselves. In that sense, you are being a hypocrite and not truthful in acknowledging your own sin. And it's just like all those reasons I mentioned before. Maybe it's pride. Maybe, um, 
who knows? Usually everything, I feel like, almost leads back to some type of pride. Uh, for example, all right, here's another one. A church elder and a worship leader are in separate and secret adulterous relationships. So they're cheating on their spouse, all right? They're totally unrelated. Just one's cheating on the spouse. The other one's cheating on the spouse as well. The worship leader gets caught. And the church holds a meeting and talks about removing this person from their position. The elder of the church, who is also in an adulterous relationship, the only difference is, like I said, he didn't get caught yet. He votes for a removal of that leader, even though he's committing the same sin. Meaning, if he's committing the same sin and he's voting to remove somebody from their position, but yet... He knows darn well that he should be removed from that position as well. That's being a hypocrite. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about. This is the type of hypocrite Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying we need to correct and repent from the sins in our lives before we can help others in the same area. Or in other words, a drug addict cannot cure another drug addict, just as the blind cannot lead the blind. If you are in a spiritual place where you are just messed up in some area, you cannot help somebody else out in that area because you're struggling with the exact same stuff. You both need to go seek your own help. Uh, You both need that biblical encouragement in that same area. You can't help somebody else out in the same area that you're struggling. And I feel like I'm saying it and repeating myself 20 different ways, but I just can't say it enough. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. We know that God is the final judge. And while we are on this earth, we must ensure that when we correct or call out other sins in other people's lives, we are not guilty of those same sins. And you can reference that Romans chapter two, verses one through six. The Bible also gives us other examples of incorrect judgment, such as superficial judgment in John chapter seven, verse 24, or unforgiving judgment in Titus three, two, and self-righteous judgment in James four, six. I'm sure that if you study, you can find more examples. But a key in exercising discernment, and this is the key right here, is to do it in love. Did you hear that? Do it in love. We correct because we love. We discipline others because we love. In everything we do on this earth, we need to do it from the standpoint of love. And now I can can go ahead and just read 1 Corinthians 13 to you because that's what it's all about. Everything that we do, we need to do this in love and kindness. Now, I'm going to address one last thing, and that is be very weary of people who, for lack of better terms, are heresy hunters. And if you don't know what a heresy hunter is, that's somebody who makes their entire ministry based off of just pointing out the wrong in other people's lives or finding false teachers or, um, geez, that's, I mean, that sums it up the best that I can think of. And sadly, there are, all you got to do is go on to YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. And you will find so many people doing that. Now, once again, do we have biblical precedents to correct Do we have biblical precedents to call out false teachers? Absolutely. I mean, Paul in his letters was writing out loud to all these people, hey, look, these dudes, you're wrong. 
You know, he said in Corinth, hand this man over to Satan so that way his flesh may perish so that his soul may yet be saved. He called people out by name. So is it okay to call out false teachers, false doctrines, false ministries? Absolutely. But there's a way that we're supposed to do it. And Jesus was very clear. If you see a brother or sister sinning, and he just said brother, I know he didn't say sister, but I'm just putting in my own words. If you see a brother or sister sinning, then you go to that person in private and you talk to them about it. And if they won't listen to you, then you bring some people around. If they still won't listen, then you take it to the church. And if they still won't listen and correct their lifestyle, whatever sin they're going through, at that point, then you got to treat them as an outsider. Now, obviously, maybe these churches and ministries and whatnot are so huge and you try to write them and they're probably just going to ignore you because they get letters or whatever or they believe you're wrong. But still, go through the due diligence, bleh, due diligence that Jesus talked about before you start calling them out. Whether that be writing them, emailing them, maybe asking a follower, anything like that. I, I don't know. Whatever the Lord's putting on your heart, just make sure you're doing it biblically. Now, there's another side to this that I do want to talk about. What about churches that are just straight up heretical? I mean, they preach a absolute false gospel. Well, they're not a brother and sister in Christ, so you can go ahead and call them out by name. So that way, people are warned and do not get misled. And yes, I'm talking about your prosperity gospel preachers. I'm talking about your Catholic priests, the entire Catholic church system. I could go on that one forever. Anybody who preaches to you something other than that we are saved by grace through faith, and it's not of our own works, it is a gift of God that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the wrath of God to save us from our sins. He was buried, he went into the earth, and he resurrected because his atoning sacrifice that purchased us for a price was acceptable to God. And through that, we have eternal life. If anybody preaches a different gospel than that, then by all means, go ahead and call them out. But once again, still exercise and do it in love. And just to add on to one more thing, not only those who change that gospel, but those who add things to that gospel. Like, okay, everything you just said, Tim, except you have to speak in tongues, or you have to get baptized as an infant, or you have to say this prayer, or you need to do this, or you need to do that, or they start adding things onto it, and then all of a sudden it becomes church legalism, and you change the gospel at that point. Anybody that does that, it is okay to call them out. So that way you can warn other people about them. But once again, I stress it, I urge it, do it in love. All right, well, that's pretty much it for the uh, this episode now. I hope y'all got a lot out of this. If you we, we, we covered some pretty heavy stuff in a very short amount of time. So if you have any questions, by all means, go to the Facebook page, go to the Twitter, I Believe Now What, write me, let me know what you think, and we'll talk about it. We'll address it. Hey, maybe if you want to do an interview or something like that and talk about these topics, by all means, I am 100% for that. I love interviews. Interviews are fun. I'm just usually too lazy to go searching myself. Usually I wait for someone to come ask me or talk to me unless it's a local person that's close by. But hey, all right, y'all have a wonderful one. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that 
Everything that was said here, Lord, was something that honored you and was correct by the scriptures uh, through studying and everything, Lord. I pray that everybody on here won't just take my word, but they will search your word, Lord, so that way the Holy Spirit can testify with them on how they need to feel on these things. Thank you so much, Lord, for your grace, and thank you so much for everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all next time.